Hey, welcome to Life 2.0 Podcast. I'm John St. Augustine. Glad to have you joining me from anywhere and everywhere around planet Earth. Time to go up the down staircase in the outdoor. Make sense out of the senseless. And if at all possible, find the obvious buried in the absurd. Let's go. That's right, taking care of business right here on the Life 2.0 podcast. First and foremost, thank you so much to the subscribers of this show. You make it possible for the rest of the world to listen. It's a PBS model to some greater or lesser degree, meaning that 80% of the people who watch anything on PBS never donate. The 20% that do make the world a better place, in my humble opinion. And it's the same model here. So I have people that have subscribed with me since May of 2018. When I first started this reincarnation, or I should say extra incarnation of my radio career that, that goes back 25 years. So it's just a different platform. A lot of what I talk about here is the same shit I've been talking about for two decades plus. And for some people, they're like, where have you been? I'm like, no, where have you been? I've been doing this since 19, Bill Clinton was president. Anyway, I think he was, 1997. I'd have to verify that. But anyway, it's a long time ago. This particular show, um, and all the shows I do, hopefully in some way, shape, or form, uh, stretch you a little bit. You know, maybe you th- make you think a little bit more, or not. I don't, I don't know. You know, I hear feedback from people on a lot of different levels. I have one person who checks in regularly and just thanks me profusely for taking the time, energy, and effort to do this. And they're plunking down twenty bucks a month, five bucks a week, sixty-six cents a day. Where can you get that kind of content for sixty-six cents a day? Just right here. But they've been with me since day one when I started this. And there are many that are like that. And there are people who have come and gone along the way. Uh, But this one person is checking in all the time saying, thank you, I need this every Saturday. So Saturday has become our appointed listening time together. On the other hand, every show I've done for the last four years now is on this page where you read these, or I should say listen to the show. The subscribers get an email so they can click right through, but everybody else kind of gets it on the uh, Podbean platform. And all the shows are there. I mean, everything I've done is there. And on my auroramediaproductions.com page, there are some Earth Matters stuff over there and other things that I've done book-wise. But for the most part, I don't hear from people unless they don't like it or they really like it. There's like a middle ground. It's, it's like a lot of things. And I'm not going to make everybody happy. I totally get that. But my intent with every show is to do just what I said before Bachman Turner Overdrive kicked it into gear there, which is, Go up the down staircase. Let's go up and look somewhere that we haven't done a little digging around maybe this past week. Uh, let's find sense in the senseless, if at all possible. It's nearly impossible, but we're going to give it a shot. You know, find the obvious buried in the absurd. That to me is like uh, most of what goes on in the headlines and filters over and bleeds into our lifelines is senseless to me. But we're trying to find the sense in, in it. And it's obvious to me that there's so much absurdity, but we're trying to dig through all that. And of course, you know, go up the down staircase. And and that's going against the grain of things. And all of that comes down to the fact that we need to up the game, in my opinion, if we're going to get anywhere on this planet. And speaking of anywhere on this planet, I was watching Ricky Gervais, the, uh, the British comedian who is, I'm not sure what to make of him. I don't think he gives a shit what I make of him, but he's an interesting character to me. Uh, in that he's, you know, very dry in his humor. And he's also very offensive to some people. 
and to other people he is you know walks on water like jesus the christ himself so much like what i do there are people who just love what i put out and no matter what i do they're they're right there with me and there are other people like you're an idiot uh, okay well you come over here on this side of the microphone we'll switch places and see how it goes for you you know what i'm saying but i was watching ricky gervais the other night he was making uh, a point which I'm thinking this guy must have watched my second TED Talk in Ontario called Human Math. Because in that TED Talk, I go on to talk about the odds being born. Uh, you know, there's a difference between life expectancy and what you expect out of life or what life expects out of you. And I use examples of friends of mine who did not live up to 78.7 years or 72.4 or whatever the life expectancy might be wherever you're at. And, but they did something with the time they were given. And I think that's of paramount importance. No matter what's going on in the headlines, you still plow through and do your job. Find out what it is you came here to do and then go do that. And the rest of this stuff's details, in my opinion. So Ricky Gervais is going on and on about a lot of different things. And he finally gets into this place where he says, listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, we're one tiny speck in billions of universes. One speck in billions of universes. And you will never pass this way again. Now, for some of you listening, you have a certain religious persuasion or belief. You may think we come back four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve times. That's your business. Some of us are going to head off and meet our family in the great beyond, and that's your business. But the point he was making is don't lose sight of what's going on right now. And then he went into the whole life expectancy thing. That's where I think he hijacked my TED Talk. But he made a great point. Do what you can, where you are with what you have, because nobody knows if you're going to be here tomorrow, much less 10 minutes from now. And I think that is a that is such a, a grounding thing for me whenever I do these shows. You know, I, I always say, I don't want to just get behind this microphone, bloviate, speculate, and verbally defecate just because I have a microphone in front of me. I'm trying to bring something that's a little bit of an alarm wake-up call. You know, too many times, I, I, let me put it this way. I've never had to use an alarm to wake up in my life. It's just an inborn thing for me. I'm usually in bed about the same time and I wake up between four and five o'clock in the morning. You know, it depends on how late I went to sleep. It's always there. But I know there are people who use their watches and smartphones and, and other things. And I don't know if there's anybody has alarm clocks left anymore, but on those devices, there's a snooze button, right? And the snooze button allows you to go back to sleep. And I know people who did it four, five, six, eight, 12 times. And they're, then, then they're late and everything's a rush and everything's over the top. And oh my God, what's going on? If you'd have got up the first time, that'd have been eliminated. However, the point is, is that life is like trying to wake us up all the time, in my opinion, observation and experience. And we have this tendency to hit the snooze button and try to just bypass this stuff that while it may be challenging and difficult and, and, and over the top and in your face and upend your life, it's there for a reason. It's there to wake you up. We hit the snooze button in so many different ways. Alcohol, drugs, sex, shopping, football, baseball, hockey. Uh, the list goes on and on. Anything we can do to not deal with the shit. The problem is, is that when you don't deal with the shit, the shit eventually comes and deals with you, whether you like it or not. So you might as well deal with it up front. Take it head on. See what's in there. What's the growth that needs to be taken from this? And, and move through it. Or you can dance around and left and right. You know, there are people that dodge their shit for years. And then when it finally catches up to them, and it always does, I don't care who you are, doesn't matter who you are, if you don't go through the shit in the beginning, and sometimes it lasts a long time, you know, when the shit hits the fan, it's good to be behind the fan for the most part, but it's going to get on you anyway. 
but it eventually catches up in all ways, shape, or form. You can call it anything you want. Karma, kismet, the universe, it doesn't matter to me, but it does. It's just like the law of return. So this particular episode is about getting outside your comfort zone because I had to do it just a couple days ago. Here's the deal. I was a personal trainer from 1988 to, I think, 1993. I worked the Chicago Health Club Systems. Eventually, I got certified by the uh, ISSA, the International Sports Science Association. Very impressive, don't you think? And, you know, I was working with, this was, I thought it was my career, quite frankly, but I was young. You know, I was in my late 20s and early 30s. I was in, you know, Superman shape and could bench press a Volkswagen, had no aches and pains, had played football, gone to college, been in the service. You know, I, I had my shit in one sock. And I got certified and I was a trainer. And for the most part, the people I worked with didn't want to train. They didn't like it. It's effort. It's, it hurts. It's painful. And I don't want to go to the no pain, no gain thing, but there is some of that to be thought of and, and talked about. But there's, there's a quotient in there that, that that's important. But you don't want to be pained so much that you're not wanting to work out. But there is some pain by stretching yourself and getting out of your comfort zone. And I did that for, like I said, four or five years. My life went another direction, but I've never forgot those tenets of my, my secondary college degree, which is kinesiology, and of course my training ISSA. And I've been pretty diligent over the years of how I work out and why I work out. And it, you know, it took me too long to figure out that I don't need to bench press the Volkswagen anymore. Too many aches and pains from that. There's nothing left to prove, but what happens is you get into a routine and a rhythm and you just do it. So ah, probably six months ago, maybe a little bit more, I had my first bout with COVID, which was fairly mild. And then within, I don't know, a month or two, a second bout of COVID, a lot of aches and pains. My machine was taking a hit. Then I had, you know, I got a root canal and we got a bunch of, I got an ingrown toenail and I had hair in my nose and, you know, all this kind of stuff going on. Not that I've never had hair in my nose. And by the way, I'm really well aware of the fact now that when I go to the barber, it's more like cutting quills on a porcupine than hair in my head. And by the end, let me add to that. If the hair in my head grew as fast as the hair in my face, I'd be a freaking Yeti. I'm waiting for them to catch up and even out, but it hasn't happened yet. I'd like to see that happen all at once. Boof. There I am. Anyway, I'm going through all this difficulty with the machine up and down, took time off of the gym, which is important. Rest is where you grow, not in the gym. You grow when you're out of the gym. And so I took this time off my body, settled down, and it was, it was weeks, really, more like two and a half months before I started at least feel like I could work out again, where I could get back in the gym and push on things a little bit. And it's always been a metaphor in my life. That, that time in the gym that started when I was 13 years old, which means I have been basically, with a few breaks here and there, lifting weights, pushing iron for over half a century, which scares the bejesus out of me. I don't feel that old sometimes, and then other days I do. But 50 years plus, Moving iron, moving the weights, push, 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 pull, 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 run, 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 and all that stuff. And it takes a toll on a couple levels. On the good side, it takes a toll because your body responds and you have to stay with it. There is no shortcuts. There are none. And on the flip side is if you don't learn how to rest and recuperate, relax, all the time in the gym comes to nothing and nutrition. So over these decades, I've done really, really well. No major injuries, a couple things here and there. I'd take time off. But in, somewhere in all of this, an old football injury had cropped up. A pinched nerve in my neck from back in 1977, probably 76, 75, 77, somewhere in there. And it has come and gone over my lifetime in my neck, down my right shoulder. 
uh, to my elbow. And then there was some back thing, you know, so all this stuff. And I got our root canals, I mentioned, you know, these are all old people stuff to me. And again, I just don't feel that old. Now, when I look in the mirror, I don't know who that guy is, but somebody hijacked my younger self. So all of this is going on. I started to get back into the gym and stuff and I get this flyer in the mail. You know, you get these mailers, they still do this, where there's like a thousand pieces of paper in a tiny little envelope and you sift through them to see if any crafty beavers got a sale. Okay, let me put that to the side. I don't know if there's a crafty beaver store anymore, but I'm using it as an example. And finally I get to this one where there's this free stretch session. I'm not going to name the company because they're not a sponsor and I don't want to plug them until I kind of have a little bit more experience with them. But I thought a stretch session, now isn't that interesting? And amongst all the gutter cleaning and the new windows and, you know, we'll do your lawns and all that kind of stuff and plumbing was this thing about a stretch deal. And I remember that I'd seen a commercial for it, maybe online, I guess it was, it wasn't on television. And it was interesting to me because it wasn't about working. It was about stretching, solely stretching. That's just stretch. We're going to stretch you in, in these different ways. Then you can't stretch yourself. And personal training, of course, is a crutch for most people. It is the personal trainer, it's a psychological thing for the most part that, you know, somebody's waiting for you at the gym, you've paid for it and you're going there and that person's going to put you through your paces and it's the paces you usually wouldn't put yourself through. So this is a similar thing that, you know, there's somebody waiting for you there that's certified to do this and that they're going to stretch you in ways you can't stretch yourself. And I don't know what the benefit of that was until I try it. So after a couple of weeks going back and forth, I finally went on Thursday this past week to the stretch place. And I walked in and it's like a lot of places, a big TV and a very pretty girl at the front and a bunch of young people who I got shoes older than. And I'm like, I almost walked out the door. I, I just, it's in a storefront in a mall. And listen, I'm an old bricks and mortar guy. I mean, I grew up working out in the YMCA's for the most part. I like that kind of thing. And I realized, you know, that probably doesn't exist except at the YMCA and they're not doing the stretch thing as far as I know. So the young lady kind of logged me in. And there were four or five really young, I mean, I guess early 20s, late, it had to be early 20s, couldn't be more than 30, being trained on how to do some of this stuff right up front. So I'm watching them goof around and giggle and do grab ass, as we call it. I'm thinking, if I get one of these kids, this is not going to go well. So finally, this fellow named Steve comes over and he's dressed very differently. You can tell he's in his 30s and we have a nice conversation. It turns out, you know, he was a trainer at a time too. And He's a former athlete, shows me the scar where his rotator cuff was done. And, you know, there was, I connected with somebody, a similar conversation language and platforms. So we have this conversation. I tell him about all my maladies. You know, the fingers don't do this. The neck only turns this far. No cartilage in the right knee. I got this pinched nerve thing going on. So he's listening. All. He goes, I think maybe we can help you out a little bit. And I'll, I will tell you that I've been reticent to go get some serious medical attention for these maladies because I think they're just part of the upper layer of my machine. I don't think that they're inner working stuff, meaning they're not part of the hardwired system. I don't think I'm having a stroke or anything like that when this, this little tingling goes on because I'm so used to it, but I'm going to give it, give it a shot. The guy puts me through a couple question things and this and that, and, uh, there's all these beds there. You lay down on the bed, they kind of strap in, they're called the champ straps or championship straps. They, they just really lock in with this big piece of Velcro. So you don't move around a lot. And it reminded me of the best chiropractor I ever had. I'm going to give her a shout out, Dr. Fox, who is no longer in practice. And when I would walk in there, it was a similar experience. She just manipulated the machine, twist, turn, push, pull, up, down, in, out, deep, back. And this guy reminded me of that. This routine was starting to remind me of that. So uh, 
you know, I, I told him about what I do when I go to the gym, how I stretch and this and that. And I'm telling you right now, the first thing he did when he started stretching my hamstrings, I thought I was going to go through the roof. Because even though when I go to the gym, I stretch a lot, there's no way I would get this stretch without this guy doing it. And then, of course, I started thinking about the pro athletes that have these trainers that do this stuff for them at will. And so we went through this session, which is about 45 minutes, and every stretch he did was something I was basically, for the most part, about 90% of them, unable to do myself. I needed an assisted stretch to get out of my comfort zone so I could alleviate some of the stiffness and soreness and restrictive uh, ability that I have from years of weight training, sitting on my ass doing radio, writing books, stuff like that. And when we finished, he asked how I felt. And I thought, I said, well, I won't know till tomorrow. Because if I wake up tomorrow and this is all so sore and hurts, I think it wasn't, the, it wasn't for me. It wasn't the right uh, manipulation of the machine. I said, I'd let him know. So we shook hands and went up. I woke up this morning feeling like I was 25. Nothing hurt. No lower back pain. Uh, nothing. Even the little tingling I get every now and again was so minor. And he actually at one point took his, his uh, ring finger and his pointer finger Let's see, it was his pointer finger and his index finger. And he stuck them up underneath my skull. And he was able to get my lumbar up so much that he was able to put his elbows on the table. And I was kind of like an L shape. And I'd never had anybody do that, not even Dr. Fox. And so anyway, I woke up this morning feeling like six bucks. And a couple things happened. The first thing I did was call and buy four sessions. Okay, you got me. I'm hooked in the cheek. I'm unable to manipulate my machine in this way to this degree. They have three degrees of these stretches. Lighter medium, and of course, you're going into orbit on the third one, which is worth it because your body needs that push to recover, just like in the weight room. And then the second thing came to mind after he, I, I bought the sessions, and I'll be going probably once a month for the next four months in between my workouts in the middle of the month when I really need to have that done, is how many times in my life I got stretched out of my comfort zone, whether I liked it or not, and the things that came from that the events in my life, the people in my life, the money in my life, the, 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 the opportunities in my life all came from me being stretched outside of my comfort zone, every single one of them. And as I mentioned probably earlier in this, you know, I'm going to reiterate this at least one more time. Life's going to stretch you whether you like it or not. There's like a different adage that says life's going to make you dance. You might as well learn a few steps. It's, it's a similar thing. And I was remembering on so many levels how I was stretched. Not just the athletics. That's just like one thing that's just kind of over here. I, I, I'm a former athlete like so many other people, but the lessons of being an athlete remain with me, but they fade over time. I needed a reminder of that. But in the other stuff, the life stretching, my God. I, I, was, I started to make a list and I, I lost count of all the ways. Like, for example, my daughter was born with a kidney defect, a kidney reflux, and it would not resolve itself. So when she was five years old, they took her right kidney out and they told us, that within six months or a year, she'd need a kidney transplant. She's five. Neither one of us, my wife at the time or I, knew what to do with that. We're young parents. We have a beautiful five-year-old daughter who's got these serious health problems. And we were being stretched outside of this, and we had to able to accommodate what was going on or be crushed by it. And so we kept stretching and stretching and stretching. And we found alternatives in Chinese medicine and a lot of reinforcement and the Western medicine, all this kind of stuff. And we're both convinced, as is my daughter, that that reinforcement, that stretching, that pulling apart of the situation 
is what allowed her to go to, from age five to 13 before she needed a transplant. And then we go to the next level of stretching in that direction. I was the donor for my daughter. And that stretched both of us out. I mean, it's not something I ever thought I would do in my life. Why would I think that? Who would think they need to donate an organ? Raise your hand when they, nobody. But when you need it, it's there. Of course, it's a no-brainer. I was a perfect match. And, and I'm not going to get into all the incredible, otherworldly, miracle-type things that occurred for that to take place. You can read about it in my books. They're on Amazon or at lulu.com. But it stretched me. And in turn, it stretched her. And because I was able to do that, she went from age 13 to 28, 29 with that kidney. And it, it, it took her to the next level. And I was very clear, it took me years to kind of get this, that because I was so stretched out of my comfort zone doing it, you know, they, when, they, when they shove this piece of paper under your nose and say, sign here, you could die in surgery, uh, where do I sign up? No hesitation, but it's still a stretch. Uh, she gets another kidney, just, it'll be three years this January. Another miracle. A woman goes to the Chicago Blackhawks game, sees a sign for a kidney donor. She calls the number. It's not my daughter. It's somebody else. She's not a match for that person, but eventually gets into the kidney network and she donates a kidney to my daughter, who's a perfect match. Stretched again. So life seems to stretch us out in ways just to see, I think, how we're going to respond to that stretch. If we're going to be sore about it, if it's going to hurt, so what? What's it like the next day? How do you grow from those things? And that's just one example. Professionally, are you kidding me? I was convinced I'd be a football coach and a high school PE teacher. And there's not, I still think of that some days. I'm a little old now. I don't think they'd take me. But life stretched me in a different direction. I was, I was substitute teaching where I went to high school. I had met a couple pro athletes. I'd worked with them on the side. So that one thing led to another. Uh, eventually, I worked with Walter Payton for two or three years on his foundational pieces. And that stretched me to learn things I didn't even know I could learn. Being around him was incredible and his staff and, and how that worked and what it was preparing me for. And then that went to the next thing where I met a, a fellow named Joe Laurinaitis who passed away gosh, two years already this September. And he was part of the tag team Road Warriors along with Mike Hegstrand, the Hawk. And we went into business together and that stretched me. And so all the, and, and then that ended and that really stretched me because I got my ass handed to me and, 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 but, but all of that led me to the next thing. And then the next thing, and we ended up living in a motel for a year and I ended up walking from the upper peninsula of Michigan to Chicago and back with two other guys on the way down. It was two of three of us on the way back. It was myself stretched so far. I couldn't believe it way out of my comfort zone. I was 37 years old, college degree, veteran, good guy in my shit in one sock and I'm being stretched. Again, I think just to see how I'm going to react. I think there's a consciousness somewhere way beyond me, way beyond all of us that says, let's see how they're going to handle this. And I think sometimes we do really, really well as a species. And other times I think, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? But all of that led me to this very spot, stretch after stretch after stretch. And a lot of them hurt bad. But I bounce back. You know, when you, when you work out, when you go to the gym, you're literally breaking the muscles down. You're destroying your machine. And it builds back stronger because of the pressures put on it, the strength training that goes along with that. Life's just like that. It breaks you down. You can come back stronger or you can just give up and not go back to the gym. I mean, in so many ways, I guess I see life as a big workout. The first time I can recall ever really 
going to, to somewhere to work out. I was, again, 13, 14 years old. I was just a kid, eighth grade, going into high school, and obviously couldn't drive. But I had played football at a place called Portage Park in, in the city of Chicago, and they had a, you know, it was like a YMCA gym type thing underneath the, the field house. And there was a big guy there. He looked big to me at the time. He's probably six foot tall, about 200 pounds. His name was Rick Makowski. I think that was his name. And he'd be down there banging at weights. And I thought, that's, look at this guy. And so I would walk the two miles or so from my house up to Portage Park, work out for 17 hours and crawl back home a couple days a week. And eventually my dad's like, that's great. But we have weights in the basement that were your grandfather's. My grandfather, Carl, was a, a boxer in Sweden. And he was a boxer here in the States when he came in the, in the 1919, 1920. And he had a set of weights that was in a corner I didn't even know about. And he had made some exercise equipment that my son now has. And so I stayed in the basement, pounding away, pounding away, and watching the changes in my body because it was all about the resistance. And life is about resistance. And what you resist will persist. You just stay with it until you grow through it. So long and short of this is, I could do a couple hours on this, and I'm not going to do that on a podcast, but I'm just sharing my experience about this stretching thing, how important it is that you realize when you're being stretched in life, no matter what it is, divorce, illness, death in the family, job loss, I mean, fill in the blank. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's stretching. What matters is you're being stretched, and how are you going to recover? How do you respond to that? That's the deal. That's the deal. So as I sit here, no pain, which is a great thing. I, I knew I had to sign up again because I need someone to stretch me in ways that I can't. And this other stuff that I do, the audio work and the audio books and the books I work on for people and the radio shows. I do. This podcast is one of three things I do on the air. Tomorrow, every Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, I do a music show. Me. I've never done music in my life, but I always wanted to. And so I stretched myself. I'm certainly not Wolfman Jack. Maybe I'm Wolfman John. Maybe. But I said, I want to try this. I have such an admiration for the men and women that do this. Uh, it's, it's not as easy as you might think. So to take 56 minutes filled with music and background songs and stories and things, way out of my comfort zone and my stretch zone as a talk radio host. But I got the opportunity to do it. I love doing it. I have a lot of fun doing it. At 1 o'clock Eastern, I get on with my gal pal, Jennifer Weigel, and we do a more conventional talk show. But I've never worked with a co-host before, ongoing. Jen's a pro. She's an expert. So it makes it easy, but it stretched me again. And so here I am doing these stretch exercises in other directions of my life, career-wise. Look at the books. My best grades in school were lunch and gym. Are you kidding me? Not really, but it's a good fact, isn't it? And... Um, when I f- wrote my first book, Living an Uncommon Life, that came out in 07, and Catherine Cryer wrote the forward to the book, and it, 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 I got a two-book deal, how does that happen to a guy like me? I had to stretch into it. I knew it was there. I had to stretch into it. My fingers aren't straight, haven't been for decades. I don't know how they work like they do on the, on the keyboard or the laptop, but it's inside me. It just kind of get out of the way and let, let them do their thing. So it stretched me in that direction. Then another book after that, Every Moment Matters, came out in 2010. And then another book after that, Phenomenon, Sacred Moments, Messages, Memories, and Other Shit I Can't Explain, came out in 2018. And I'm not qualified on paper to do this stuff, but I keep stretching and leaning into it. I'm working on a, on a book with a guy I played uh, college football with. He's a doctor, PhD, piled high and deep, 
And I'm amazed. I look at him. I go, this guy was our tight end. And he, you know, he and I used to bend elbows to the wee hours of the morning on road trips. And he's writing books. He had to stretch into that. So you start to see a pattern, at least I do, of how important it is to stretch yourself. And if you can't stretch yourself any further, find something or someone that will assist you in a stretch a little bit more. Your resiliency kicks in. I mean, the obvious physical stuff is there. It helps your circulation, helps your athletic abilities, you know, aches and pains are go away. You're, you're giving the body what it needs. But in the life stuff, if you ignore it, if you try to dodge it, you're missing out on an opportunity somewhere in it. Somewhere in that stretch is the opportunity to, to grow through things and go through things. No questions asked, no doubt about it. That's the deal. I'm running up on 30 minutes. I got it in my mind that that's where we start cutting these things off. I got to be careful because as a longtime talk radio host who used to do three hours a day live, five days a week, I could go on and on and then I get more and more ramped up as it goes on. I'm trying to zen out a little bit, kids, if you get my drift. Thanks to my subscribers who make this all possible. I am so grateful that you do that. And for the 80% of you that are just listening, you ought to consider jumping on the board and getting in with these folks because obviously they're finding value in it as you do as well. Be well, safe travels. Until next time, adios.